0: and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman. Thanks very much for your company and thanks very much for, for listening, downloading, sharing, retweeting, subscribing. It's all free and we really appreciate you listening to us. And today, because of the big story that's happened during the week about Sergio Aguero um, announcing basically something we we knew, we would guessed, and anybody that watched my interview with Pablo Zabaleta on the Forever Blue YouTube video channel on, on uh, YouTube will have known really that Pablo felt it was fairly inevitable and he seems to think um, or hinted very strongly that Sergio Aguero would end up going to Barcelona but we'll talk about the other rumours and whether or not um, City fans will be happy with the possibility of him going to Chelsea or to another club. Um, we'll also talk about his departure, what that means for City, his current form uh, and basically celebrate Sergio Aguero because he's been an amazing icon, an amazing player for us during the last few years. Just before we get going, I just want to say thanks very much to the Charles Louis Group, who are an advisory business. They advise on development, finance, mortgage advice and estate agency. They started out life as a simple mortgage company, offering buy-to-let, first-time buyer and moving home mortgages. They now provide support for the whole property transaction process, including an independent estate agent, an expert commercial financial team and a renowned mortgage team. Now, I've seen them tweeting out the success and the praise that they've had this week. So if you're on Twitter, follow them on there and you'll see exactly what they do. And they are very good. So have a look at the website, CharlesLouis.co.uk and uh, and see what they do and, and if you can support them like they're supporting this podcast then then please do that. Um now obviously we're going to talk about Sergio Aguero as part of the podcast big part really of the podcast today. I'll mention that our lineup tonight is Harlan, um Paul, Amy and Adam W. We've got two Adams now we've got Adam P and Adam W so we've got Adam W today uh, and we'll hear from those three in just a moment but I had a uh, a guy messaged me this week called James Walker, and he sent me his ode, if you like, to Sergio Aguero. So uh, I'm going to play that now, and then I'll get the guys to to react to it. So uh, here we go, then. This is his ode. Sergio, so sad to see you go. But still our best wishes for whatever
1: comes next. For us, you have simply been one of the best. I remember that night. I watched on TV. Excited to see you as we took on Swansea. Two great goals but you showed so much more. Hooking back a lost cause for David to score. So what a debut, what a fantastic start to an era in which you would play such a key part. Four titles, six cups, 250 plus goals, 93-20. Aguero! But we love you for more than just your football ability. Very few superstars ever showed such humility. Charming, kind, always with that great smile, for the fans prepared to go the extra mile. So thank you from us all for everything you gave us. 100 points, formidables, and all of those cups. And the trophies this year that we haven't quite won yet, You are a true legend we will never forget. Thanks, Sergio. Thank you so much.
0: So all credit there to James Walker, who sent us, or sent me particularly, uh, that owed to Sergio, so I suppose I should start with Amy, really, who is a, a big Sergio Aguero fan. I'm sure we all are, really. But Sergio is uh, goes on; uh, she goes on about him a lot. So we're going to give you the first chance to react to that, Amy. Uh, does that do the man justice? I mean, he's going to have a statue, uh, but he's going at the end of the season. Oh,
2: uh, well, as you can imagine, the tears were rolling. I won't. I won't. Um... I I was absolutely devastated as you might think I would be, um. But yeah, that poem's really good. I've seen a few. Um, there was one on uh, Football Focus yesterday morning, and uh, the lump in the throat got me again. Um. But yeah, no, he he's um he's been amazing. He's been you know he's been absolutely brilliant for us, and um, I'm really going to miss him, and I know we all are. We are all going to miss him um but yeah it he's just that smile is just like it illuminates the room he's just like absolutely brilliant and we you know he's and it's like yesterday he was he was dead humble with everything you know he wrote on twitter congratulating the boys on the win and thanked everyone for the kind messages that everybody sent to him even though he is leaving he's still 100 percent behind the team and I, and i think that's you know, what makes him the person he is. And um, fingers crossed, he's, you know, he goes on to where he wants to be and where he needs to be. And I'm just gutted that we're letting him go because I feel like we could have had, a you know, maybe another year out of him. But if it's his choice to go, then fair enough. But, you know, I am absolutely gutted he's going.
0: I suppose if I was to ask anybody, really, which is the, the moment that stands out, everybody's going to pick that goal in 2012, but I was watching the the Liverpool game from uh, 2018-19, uh, just early in the new year when he hits it with his left foot from a very acute angle, it's almost into the roof of the net and um, there have been some amazing goals that Sergio Aguero has scored, but that one really stood out for me as well because, as I say, it was on his weaker foot and it was one of those goals that very few people could have... Could have scored. I mean, if I was to ask you, Amy, about your standout moment, and and then said to you, "But well, it can't be 2012." What would you pick? Is is there anything else that stands out for you particularly? I
2: mean, just that first time in coming on against Swansea, he made an impact straight away. Um, you knew from that moment that you know he was stood on that line waiting to come on, and he was dead eager, and. Definitely, from the first moment he came on, he was he was already making an impact, and we we are going to miss that. We really are. He's you can see him all the time. He's ready and re- where you know ready and raring to go on that on the line. And uh, yeah, I mean the Liverpool one was really really good. I mean just to be it, it right in that in the corner was just amazing. But I'd say his first ever goal was was the you know was was a standout one for me. That first impact that he made that first day he came.
0: It certainly had a big impact, that's for sure. Uh, Adam, uh, obviously you, you've you watched um, all pretty much of, of his heroics during your time as a, as a supporter. Um, how would you sum up how you feel about Sergio and how you feel now about his departure?
3: It's hard to add anything to what has already been said over the past week, because I think... He's beyond description, the impact that he's had for us. It's hard to pin it down to one or two things. But as as has been said, that he's just such a great striker, consistent striker, that he's been able to lift us to the heights that we've been able to get to and keep us there. You know, we've been the dominant team over the past decade. And the reason for that is because of his goals and his consistency. The amount that he's been bagging every single season, um, even though he's been he's had injuries over those seasons, it's been unbelievable. Um, you think he's, he's only completed, it was like 30, 37% of, of matches um, that he started, which was, was crazy. I know not all that's injury, but sometimes that's just him being subbed off and yet he's still got an incredible um, goals per game ratio. And he's just so prolific and I'm glad that everyone recognises how good he is because we all know how good he is. Um, in terms of his departure, it's something that sort of like we say we all expected, and I'm I'm quite ha- not happy to see him go. But I think it need it needed to be this season. I think it's a big wage um, to be cleared off the books. He's clearly not providing us with anything this season. Um, we might as well have got rid of him last summer, sadly, because he's just not been around this year. He had a great season last season. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was pretty non-existent last year, but I think he got 30-something goals in our competitions last year. Unbelievable. Um, But this is certainly the right time for him to go. And I think if he was to stay any longer, it would hinder our ability to bring in a replacement. And we've proved this season that we actually don't need him anymore. We've moved on from Sergio. Um, Whereas in all the previous seasons, as soon as Aguero hasn't been playing, if he's picked up a long-term injury, we've struggled. We've needed him. Um in those first uh, seasons of Guardiola, we, we struggled uh, to see if he would adapt, but he adapted really well. And I think that's one of the most striking things for me, how well he adapted to Guardiola. Um, he needed to change from becoming just a finisher to becoming more than that. And he's done that. Um, and obviously he was so key in that 17-18 season and the 18-19 season. So that's huge for me. But now... Uh, we have moved on from him. We don't need him anymore. Um, I don't want to see him go to a Premier League team, but you know he's earned his right to go wherever he wants. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I wish him all the best of luck. But I'm, I'm pleased that he's leaving uh, in summer and
0: he's not signing another year. I know this is a difficult one to answer because it's sort of like how long's a piece of string. But if he'd been fit all this season, do you think his time? because of the way Pep's team is set up, um, had come to an end naturally anyway, or do you think a fully fit Sergio Aguero would have fitted in to the system and it's just purely been the injuries really that have led to the way that you feel about his departure now?
3: I think a fully fit Sergio Aguero would have a place in this squad, definitely. I think, but because of those injuries, we've had to find a way to play without him and we've actually found that that way is working really well. And now we're going, well, it's working. We're doing really well. We might even be doing even better than we were uh, when we had him, you know, for example, last season. So we've sort of come to realise how to play without him. And now that's now become a better way than playing with him. So those injuries have made that happen.
0: Um, So so you're seriously saying that Pep has almost evolved his team in this way because of Sergio Aguero's injury?
3: Yeah, because Aguero's because uh, Aguero isn't fit, so he's not he's not an, uh, he, we've not got an out and out number nine. Jesus isn't a good enough out and out number nine, so we've been forced to draw upon our other players as a as a as a as a goal scoring outlet. You know, we need five attackers to all shift around and be in a position to be scoring goals. We need Gundogan to be scoring eighty nine or whatever he did um, a while ago. So yeah, I, I do feel like the injury has made us change our way of playing um, and really focus on this false nine. And that's just pushed Aguero out because we've realised how good it is and, and how well we're working under it. I just think there's no way there's no way back for him, even if he was to be fully fit between now and the end of the season, You know, even if he wasn't to be announced to have left. I, I just don't see a way back for him.
0: I mean, I do love the fact that Sergio has is a, a player a bit like Trevor Francis in a different era, which I know some of you don't necessarily remember specifically, and maybe even Nicholas Anelka, um, but players who on their own, can produce a piece of magic that wins you a game. And at the moment, our team seems to be built, obviously brilliantly, because it's working every single week, but on uh, an ethic that's all about the way that the team fits together and actually all the players are virtually interchangeable. Um, So maybe Pep doesn't think that Sergio fits into that. I don't know. Harlan, I mean, obviously you're a... You know, a, a student of, of tactics and whatnot. You've heard what Adam's <clears throat> just had to say. What, what's your take on whether or not Pep's done what he's done because Sergio's injured, or whether it's something else? I Think like
4: Adam said. we, we we've 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 learned to play with. You know, p- people don't like certain terms that have come into the game now. False nine and and stuff like that and transition and all all the new kinds of words that have come into the game, the new adaptations within football over the last however many years. I mean, was false nine a thing, Ian, when you were, when you first started watching football, was it an actual term in football or was it, Was it something similar to that? What was it
0: called then? It might have been used occasionally, but it wasn't something that you would have thought of very much. I mean, when Holland were playing back in 74 and Johan Cruyff was in his pomp, they talked about total football. And obviously when Franz Beckenbauer came to the fore for Germany, they, they had a sweeper, which was something that English football really didn't know about at that particular time. But I would say that... False nine is something that started to happen when Spain were really successful in the, the yeah, World Cup I, and the Europeans.
4: I remember, obviously, Fabregas played, didn't he, in the Euros as a, as a false nine? And he was obviously so so brilliant in, in, in every area of, of the game. You know, dynamic in midfield, fantastic at bombing forward, good finisher of a ball, could drift out wide. And that Spain team was very much like us. A lot of fluidity, fantastic you know, amount of quality in there. And I think like Adam said, and I and, and I'm not piggybacking his point, so to speak, but I agree that, you know, we've had to learn how to play without him. And it, it's kind of I don't know, has it made Pep earn his money? I think that's the term we'd normally use. He's had to find a way. He's had to, you know, get his mind working, figure it out, work out different ways of deploying certain players. I mean, I think this year, talking about the false Nine, Bernardo's played there. Um, you know, we've had We've had um, Jesus playing in there. I know he's, I know he's a forward. I know he's a striker himself, but he's been, he's been playing a bit further back than the wing, than the, than the wingers. Um, Even Mares
0: and Foden. Mares dropped in, they? and
4: Foden's dropped in there. And I think there's been four or five players that have been asked to to perform in a in in a role that maybe isn't their first choice role, and that's to fill the void of of Sergio being out injured. So I do agree that we've had to find a way to play without him, and I think that by doing that. You know, meaningfully or accidentally, we've, like Adam said, found a way of, of playing that maybe frees a lot more players up, allows a lot more players to get in on the action. And if anything, we, we, we can play a lot more free form without an actual... I mean, I've never seen Sergio as a target man, target man, like a Lewandowski or a Haaland or a Higuain or a Benzema or someone like that. But we don't have to kind of try and get the ball into that central area for a player on the half turn. We almost like to try and work it into the box Look for someone to drop off. I just think that you know we've we've come to the end of that that period that we needed. And for me, a striker like Sergio, maybe that 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 I don't think his legs have gone because I saw him sprint the other week and thought, Jesus, where's he where's he pulled that from? Has he had, a, has, he had a, has he had a Castro or something like that? And there was two or three sprints he did against. Um, who did we play the other week? I uh, can't remember who it was. It was about three weeks ago. I can't remember, but anyway, he made this this ridiculous sprint, and I thought, Jesus, that's that's not Jesus, but that's Sergio Aguero. Uh, you know, from from 2012, 2013, 2014, just that burst of pace to put pressure on a player, and I thought he still got the legs. And then you just kind of see now he's very conservative, almost looks Yaya torre esque in terms of the way he approaches games now, where he you, you kind of see him jogging and you kind of see him conserving his energy and maybe not willing to run in behind as much anymore and get on the half turn and put pressure on defenders as much as he used to do. And that's why I don't think that, you know, we've decided to extend his contract or he's decided that, you know, Pep's decided he's in his plans and decided to go elsewhere. But listen, I think Sergio would easily go to La Liga and bang in 20 goals. Um, I can see him going somewhere else and, and and scoring 20 goals plus if he stays fit. And for what he's done for us, I mean, we're all in debt to him. Um, it, it's been phenomenal. I've watched him now for the last ten seasons, you know, with a, with a season card. And from the day we signed him, you know, there's not many people have debuts as good as he did. And he, he only came on. I think. What did he have? Did he have forty minutes, something like that? it
0: like was most. Of I've never North, seen anyone come
4: on for forty minutes and have as, as much involvement as that. Him and David Silver for that hookback that that your man mentioned in the, in the in the old. Uh, you've got the 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 goal that he struck, that, that fourth one was unbelievable. You've got the other goal he scored as well, the tapping at the back post. That was what he was known for at Madrid. Atletico, that is. So, yeah, just what a phenomenal debut. And he's never really looked back, really. The injuries have been so cruel on him. And like I said, he'd have scored three seven four 7 4 at Shearer's, Shearer's um, games in the Premier League. Had he had stuck to his 0.68 goal-to-game ratio, so he'd have blasted that record out the water for me. And it's just a, it's such a shame he hasn't
0: done. Oh, let's hear from you now and find out your thoughts on Sergio Aguero. Is now the time for him to go? Has he run his course in the new sort of city? And and what are the standout moments for you apart from the obvious?
5: Um. Yeah, I mean, he's I think the, the timing of it is, is worse. I mean, it's not not that it's this season. It's it's with the COVID. I think I think the fact that the COVID struck this season. You know we we've had it really bad really I mean Vincent Company had his testimonial and he was injured for that um you know David Silver we've not been able to you know say goodbye to him so you've got like the the, the three main sort of like you know the holy what, what were they called Mike summer begin um what did they call them the the, the father Son and the Holy Trinity, Spirit yeah. the yeah. Trinity <laughs> that's the one, the only Trinity, that's the one. Um, and it, it's kind of the end of that era and I think that's what's kind of quite sad is that we're not going to, you know, players move on and I get that. And and to be honest with you, um, the way Sergio plays, the effort, the energy he puts in, he's going to go overnight. You know, he might be all right this season. You know, he might have got a full season if he weren't injured, obviously. But if he'd it, been all right, but... What's to say that if he hadn't had a full season this season, that next season his legs might have gone? Because the way he plays, that that will happen. He will just literally wake up one morning and there'll be nothing there. He won't be able to do it. And he's all about explosiveness and power. Um, you know, he very rarely has a, a, a big, you know, a, um, a big lift on his leg when he's kicking a ball. It's explosive. He's got large legs. It's, you know, he's... <laughs> He's a player that when he's le- he's now left, you know, leaving City, his legacy's there. I mean, at 20, that was that was the best moment. It doesn't matter who you support, that was the most amazing moment. You're never, ever going to take that away from City or him. When you say it doesn't
0: matter who you support, I think United fans might disagree with that.
5: Yeah, obviously, but there you go, that's it's <laughs> tough, isn't it? Listen, they've put us through that much misery over the years. They deserve a bit back-up and don't they? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the same thing for me is that we're all not going to be there and give him the send-off that he should have. He might come back to the game and have a testimonial or, or what. It's not the same. It won't be the same the last game of the season, like happened with Zabaleta, where he'll walk round and he'll say goodbye to everyone. It won't be that. And that is what's really upsetting for me. Um, Like Adam said, the timing's right. Um, You know, I don't want him being a bit part player because he can't be a bit part player. His wages are too big. He's not that kind of player who's going to play second fiddle to anyone. Sergio's the main man. If he's not the main man, he ain't going to get the best out of him. He needs to be playing week in, week out. We've seen when he's come back from injuries, he's took... You know, four, five, possibly six games to get up to up to speed. And we 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 can't do that anymore. We can't have that. You know, if he gets out for a couple of weeks, you, you've got to hit the ground running. These players, it's a different, different setup now, completely. Um I, w- I, f- I was fearful for his future when Guardiola came, to be honest. Um, I think he had the first season and Guardiola just didn't fancy him, at all, I don't think. He went away um and came back. The player because he, he was he was having to trap back he was having to do the dirty yards he was having to do like what silver do, um, uh, Jesus does because Jesus was showing him the way in that you know in that front um, so yeah I mean I'm sad to see him go I'm 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 also sad because I've still not got my tattoo signed by him Sergio, if you're listening I've got a tattoo of you and I want a signature on it um, so yeah I, I'm I'm gutted obviously but the timing's right I think the timing's right.
0: Well, listen, uh, we're obviously recording this on Zoom, so this is an instruction to, to all four of you. Um, you know, this is a debate. Put your hand up if you want to, to, to say something from now on. But the next question is, is really you know, about where he goes next, because although I feel that uh, Barcelona is probably going to be where he ends up, he could go back to Argentina. That's something he's spoken about earlier in his career. Um, I know there was an April Fool's joke the other day suggesting he was going to go to Dortmund, which a lot of people seem to fall for. Uh, but there does seem to be reasonably serious talk uh, that he could go to Chelsea. There's even been punters on Sky and whatnot suggesting that United should make a, a cheeky bid. Now, we saw Zabaleta go to West Ham and that didn't affect our, our view of Pablo Zabaletta. And obviously, companies has gone into management in Belgium at elect. Um, you, how would you feel if if Pablo stayed in the Premier League? I mean, is that something that would bother you at all? Or um, you know, I mean, imagine he was playing against City and, and scoring a goal. I mean, given that you've seemed to have all suggested that maybe his best days are behind him, has anybody got a feeling, a strong feeling on what should happen next for him? Ian, I I, I agree to an extent that like
4: like we said, I mean. Paul's right in saying, sorry, sorry everyone, Paul, Paul's right in saying that it probably would have been that he'd have burned out this season and, and, and his legs would have gone and then it would have been difficult for him to find a club at the top level again. Who would have wanted him then? Um, maybe he would have had to gone over to the MLS because he'd have been like a marquee sign, I think they call it out there, like a designated player. Maybe New York City might have taken him with Norvish. Well, there wouldn't have been an option to loan him back or anything like that. He'd have been getting on to 33, 34. It would have been out to the MLS and then maybe back to independent or whatever in Argentina. But I think now he's got a fantastic opportunity here to go and play at the top level, whether that be in Spain, Germany, in England. Um, but for me, it's one of them, in it, where Sergio's legs may have gone next season. I don't think his best days are behind him by any means. I think he'll go and smash 20 goals in in a different league or even in the Premier League again. If, yeah, but how would you
0: feel, if, Harlan, if he did that for Chelsea or
4: United? I, I, wouldn't, like to see him, I wouldn't like to see him go to, go to anybody else. And I, if I was to go to any Premier League club out of the 20, not obviously, well, the 19, excluding us, Arsenal would be my place for him to go because they're rebuilding at the moment. They've got Arteta there, somebody that obviously knows him well. If there was any club in the Premier League, I'd like to see him go to at all, if that was even going to happen, it would be Arsenal to be part of their rebuilding process. And and the the other reason for that is I don't see Arsenal being a real threat to us for the next two or three seasons at least in terms of the title if they're to get back to the level that they used to be at. So therefore, I don't think it'd have a huge impact on us. Whereas with Chelsea and United, I don't even think they've got this year's a one-off for them. United will drop off again. Sixth is their own. We all know that. But Chelsea are on their way back under Tuchel. Obviously, lost yesterday, but they have got a very, very good side forming. That would be a worry for me, going to Chelsea, because Werner's obviously not the main man. He's not doing it for them. So, Sergio would go straight into that team and he'd start every week if he was fit. But for me, Arsenal would be the place for the reason that it'd probably be good for Arteta. It'd probably be good for Arsenal. The Arsenal fans would love him. They appreciate him already because he's obviously banged loads of goals in and they're thinking, we'd love a bit of that. But um, not not anybody else. Otherwise, I'd rather have him go go, go abroad back to Spain I don't think Atletico would take him back either after where he left, but it's one of them, in it?
1: Adam?
3: Yeah, I'd much rather him leave the country and play somewhere in Spain where I could really support him every game and, uh, and like to see him play just like we see with you know with David Silva, supporting David over in Spain. And congratulations,
0: um, by the way, on him winning the Copa del Rey. So you won a trophy all over there already, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, unbelievable. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him uh, maybe go to Spain um, where we could watch him uh, regularly and support him. But if he was to go to anyone but United, I wouldn't be too fussed. Um, because my belief is, it, it sounds quite damning, but I do think Aguero's, you know, Aguero's best days are behind him. I do think his legs have already gone. I don't think he can stay fit and play 90 minutes. You saw him the other day. You know, How long has he been training now? At full, at full intensity, full strength. Didn't play during the international break. Couldn't make the full 90. And I don't know if I don't know if he didn't play the full 90 because Pep wanted to bring other people on, but I mean if I was Pep, I'm playing Aguero for the full 90 because he's not playing in midweek um, and he'll probably play at Leeds at the weekend. He, and when he's playing, he actually doesn't do enough. I don't I don't see much positivity from him during the game. I actually I don't believe he benefits the team that much um at the moment when he does play. He's almost playing because we don't want someone else to play who's playing in midweek. Um, So if he was to go to Chelsea, I don't think he'll have the impact that we're worried about him having. I don't think he can score 20 goals a season in the Premier League anymore, Um, purely for the fact that I don't think he'll be fit enough to do that. And then when he's actually on the pitch, he won't have got enough games in his legs to build up the momentum. So even if he was to join someone apart from United, I wouldn't be too bothered. If it was United, just seeing him in a United shirt for five minutes, if he came on and was injured for the rest of the season, is too much for me. But he wouldn't do that anyway. It's Um, a good
4: job I muted because I've just said something very, very inappropriate there while Adam was talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Amy? What do you think of uh, Sergio popping up in a different coloured shirt? Is that something that would spoil your fandom of him?
2: Yeah, I'd be angry. (laughs) No, I don't. I personally don't want him to stay in the premiership. I don't. I don't want to keep seeing him get injured. It's 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 awful. Like it it's the same when Micah Richards, like it was so painful to keep seeing him get injured and Vinnie Company, it it's just like I can't it it's just devastating to see that person like that you that you care about and that you know is your hero keep getting injured all the time. It, you know, it's it it's devastating and I, I'd rather him go where it's quite you know, where the pace is quieter. And that he's able to lie. It'd be nice if he could go with David Silva to associate. That'd be that'd be nice. Um, I don't. I just don't. I can't. I I, I don't think he'd go at United. He's already said before in the past that he'd go, He won't go at United. But I don't want him to stay in the Premiership purely for the fact is that I I want him to have a peaceful retirement and like you know like be like Abramovich and like, you know, like still like, what's he call it? Like, you know, still playing when you're like nearly 40 and stuff. Like that'd be, that'd be nice to have a, you know, a pace, you know, quite a pace of life. Even if he went back to Argentina to spend more time with his family. I know, I know Ben's here and I know his girlfriend's here and stuff, but it would be nice if like he was able to, cause I know he, I know he misses his family. He talks about that quite a lot, um. But, yeah, it'd be nice for him to just, like, go where it's a bit easier for him and a bit better paced. And, yeah, so we can appreciate the rest of the time he's got playing.
4: We know his girlfriend's here. She's on pod with
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, I, uh, as a journalist, I can watch. I know, I know probably eventually everybody gets to see a lot of what Pep says. But I watched the press, press conference on, on Friday before the Leicester game. And um, he was quite adamant. Um, or it, so it seemed anyway, that there would be n- no replacement signed during the summer. You know, that City haven't got the money to do that. Now, I know some people might feel sceptical about that and think that this is a, a you know a, a ploy because um, Erling Haaland is, is clearly a player that's been touted around by his agent uh, and by his father, arguably, at the moment. We've both seen in Barcelona, arguably talking to Barcelona and Real Madrid, City have been linked with him as well. And there's a whole lot of questions that you can answer here because you've talked about City playing with a false nine and that maybe playing with Aguero as an out-and-out striker is no longer relevant. But Haaland, I think, is an out-and-out striker. So, therefore, that would um, potentially involve a slight adaption in the way that the the Blues might play. But Pep said that... um, uh, Cole Palmer and um, obviously um, Rory Delap's son, Liam, who I've, I've watched a lot playing in the under-23s. And the youth team is a player that I think you know, is a very different option, but he's very young. He's only 18 years of age. So I just wonder what you think about Pep's comments. I mean, are you on the sceptical side of the, the comments? Is this some sort of negotiating ploy? Do you think Harlan should be a target for City? Do you think he would fit in? Or does the argument that Aguero is too much of a traditional striker in a team now that doesn't suit that means that essentially... You know he's 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 not the right player. I mean, Paul, do you want to give us your thoughts on this one
5: to begin with? We say everybody. You see, everybody's going on about this Harlan. Um, not our Harlan, obviously. We we love him, but I I I don't know anything about him personally. I've not heard anybody officially from the club saying we're interested in him. It's all the media. It's all the in the know sites on Twitter. Everyone else is linking us with him. Which what they're going to do, because we, we, we're probably one of three, maybe four clubs that can afford him.
0: Um, is, he, is he going no, to fit in a No, according to Pep, says, Pep says we haven't got the money anyway. So even if it was true, then, he's, he's saying we haven't got it anymore.
5: But that doesn't, you know, that's for the Harlan, but that doesn't rule out maybe a free transfer for a player. You know, there might be players that are, you know, we might not be buying him we might be getting him in on a free transfer. So is it Muller? I think he's available. So, you know, this this it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to bring a striker in. It might just mean we're not going to buy one. We're getting one on a free. We You know, we don't know what's going on. But I, everybody seems to think we're getting this this island. And I I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. It's too, too much money. Too much money. And that idiot of um, um, an agent he's got, He'll, he'll, he'll cock it up. City won't want to deal with that
0: idiot. He's a clown. Harlan, look as if you want to say something.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, I Just going back to that game, I think it was Bournemouth, Ian, weren't it? The De debut. debut um, when he scored that cracker into the top corner. Now, I, I'd obviously not watched Liam play. I'd, I'd listened to what you'd said about him. and I know you rate him massively. You spoke to Rory at, at the game you went to behind closed doors and he was... It was. It almost seemed like Rory was trying to almost downplay it because he didn't want to put too much pressure on him. Um, but he knows how good his son is. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and I, that finish, um, I remember when Haaland first came through at Salzburg and I, I'd, I'd not heard about him until he banged in about six or seven. <clears throat> they started to become a bit of a... He started to gather pace, his name and whatnot. Started to come into the tabloids a bit and transfermarket.com is, is a website I go on a lot. He started to pop up on there in the top scorer charts. So I had a little look at him. Um, and when I watched the highlights of Haaland, you could see natural finisher, quick pace. He couldn't believe the age he was at at the time. And then I watched the goal against Bournemouth. First time strike. Well, out of his feet, hit it. Top corner, absolutely buried it. And I thought, he yeah, had composure. He's big, he's strong. He's got a bit of bite as well. You've obviously told us that on the pod a lot of times. We need a player like that. Do you know what I mean? We're missing someone with that. And, and sometimes it's good to have it in a striker that's gonna nibble the def- not nibble the defenders here, but you know what I mean with his talk. Give the defender a bit of jit, give him a shove back if he gives him a shove in the back, telling me I'm six foot five here. I'm gonna give you as much as you give me. And we've not had that since I think the last the last player we had that used to give defenders a, a real bit of jit was Negredo. Not, not in terms of height, but in terms of the strength and the power that he had. Before him, it was Jekyll. He was maybe less powerful, but he had the height and he had the dynamism in the air that would frighten centre halves that were maybe a bit smaller than him. But with Delap, he's got he's got everything, hasn't he? Great finisher, composed. He can drop into midfield and spray a ball. He's got a pass in him. He's also very good in the air and he's clinical. And for me, the one thing that annoys me is, and this 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 is this really gets my goat. And I apologize if I offend anyone with this, because we're all blues and we all love the club as much as each other. But if if Haaland was playing in our academy now, and we were talking about Haaland getting the chance that DeLap could get, and said DeLap didn't exist, our fans would say, no, don't, don't give Haaland his chance. Go out and buy someone else. Because it's almost like we don't believe in our own academy enough to give our players that opportunity. But then Salzburg were in the position we would be in. And they give Haaland his chance. Granted, it's not England, it's Austria. But they give him his chance. Sink or swim. He could have been terrible. He could have missed every chance in the world, like Werner's done over here. Maybe not took to it and been awful and fallen away like a lot of players do. Took his chance. Dortmund thought, yeah, player, we'll take him. Nice transition from Austria to Germany. Not too dissimilar in terms of style in the league. We'll have him for a couple of years. There's There's a clause in his contract for next year and he'll probably move on. Can I give you an
0: example, Harlan? and continue with the point in a minute? You've made a great point there. Um, I remember watching Leroy Sane playing for Schalke's under... 19s or whatever it was when they played against City at the CFA when it first opened and thought what a player he is and he was 18-19 at that stage and what you're saying is if he'd have been in City's team at that point perhaps he wouldn't have progressed like he did, he played in Schalke's team, first team for maybe one season made quite an impact and then suddenly we're paying a lot of money and he's in our first team. And we saw what a great impact he had at City. He's still a player that I think we miss. I think we, we miss his pace and his his drive forward. And I love that balance when Raheem Sterling was on the right, Sergio was in the middle and Leroy Sane was on the left. And I mentioned that Liverpool game a little earlier on when when City won two-one, you know, in the fourth of January, yeah, and yeah. on the way to winning that that very tight battle, and that was the lineup. That was it. It was Sane on the left, and Sane is is the example that that exactly makes your point, isn't he? That, that's what annoys me, and that's what annoys me because I was
4: at that game. I think we played Arsenal, didn't we, that day? Did we play Arsenal at the Etihad after that game, the Schalke game? We played at the Academy Stadium, I think. It opened up the day we played them, and I remember seeing him, but I didn't focus on him too much. <clears throat> um, I was looking at, I think they had Kolasinac in that team and everything, believe it or not. But it was one of them where, you know, you look at it and it's almost like, like you say, if he was in our academy, he wouldn't have been good enough and we'd have gone out and bought somebody else's winger. And and Sane would have been the Sancho or the the Jaden Braff that we've now got. And he would have been sent out on loan to Girona and then Sane would have dwindled out. And then, you know, he'd have gone over to Germany eventually anyway and cracked it over there at Munich or somewhere else because he's of German descent. But for me, I mean, I put a tweet out this morning saying basically what I've just said, but Haaland was de Lapp once, but in Austria, a talented young striker waiting for his opportunity to shine. If Red Bull Salzburg didn't give him his debut when they did, he would definitely not be where he is now. They believed in him. That's the difference. Bringing him in and not giving de Lapp his chance would send out a very poor thinking
0: message for our academy, for me. It really Let really ask Adam then. Adam, what's your thoughts on... Erling Haaland, I mean, he, you know, you, you made a great point earlier on in this podcast about uh, Sergio and the false nine and everything. So now it's the other side of that argument. Is Haaland the new the new direction that City could go in? Would he make them better or is he the wrong player?
3: No, I think I think we are crying out for a number nine. I'm talking about um, us having to work a way to play without Aguero. Um, that was only going to be temporary. I think you do need an out an out striker to play in this team. A false nine seems to be sort of a temporary fix. Um, and although it's been great to see us shifting around positions, when you've got players like Sterling, who are missing sitters every now and again, to win the big trophies, the Champions Leagues, you need a big striker. Proper, got not, Lewandowski, not big striker, which is what
0: Bayern have got, isn't a it? A really no,
3: striker. Lewandowski. You know, yeah. a Harry Kane, a Lukaku, those type of strikers. Not just physical, but big in terms of the amount of goals that they're going to get you per season. They're a guaranteed 30-odd, 40-odd goal a season striker. Um, And I've been trying to watch Haaland a little bit more. I'm not a massive uh, watcher of the German Bundesliga usually, but I've been trying to watch uh, Haaland in as many games as possible um, over the last couple of months when I've seen Dortmund. i watch him and I want, to, I want to see him play. And he does just look like an out-and-out finisher. Um, he just wants to score goals. That's his That's his game. That's it. I'm going to score goals. Um, he's annoyed when he's not getting past the ball on the edge of the box. He just wants to score goals. Um, and I think that's what we really need. And s- supposedly that's what the club want. They want a number nine. He's the best around. Um, and I think if you are Manchester City, you should be going out for the best around, whether that be Harry Kane or Haaland or Lukaku. i will be happy with either three. Um, I understand the point that, you know, you could give De Lapp a chance but at the end of the day, winner results business, and we need the best around. How uh, you know Dilap could be the best around in three years? We haven't got three years. Pep's got two years left on his contract, um, so he wants the best now. So I understand that it's frustrating that Dilap isn't going to get his chance consistently in the first team, but he gets his chances in the in the third and fourth rounds of cups. And um, Pep said he's got lots to improve on. You could see in his game that he's got a lot to improve on off the ball. Um, even though, you know, like you say, he's, a, he's more of a striker than anything we've got at the moment. Pep's clearly not pleased with him. He's not, you know, he's clearly doesn't think he's good enough for the first team. And that's why we're going out for number nine. And I'm, I'm going to trust Pep. So um, perhaps, you know, the Lap does need to go out alone and find his feet in a foreign country like um, like Harland then went and did. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've just got to go out for the best. And Harland is the best. And we have to pay it. We If we have to pay it, we have to pay it. I think we need to maintain our our wage structure, though. Um, I know they're talking around four hundred grand a week for for Harland, and we know what his agents like. So we've got to be careful that we don't smash our own wage structure. But I can't see City doing it. Um, if they do demand around four hundred grand a week, and De Bruyne is on that or just below that, there's no way
0: that we'll pay Harland that, and I think we will pull out. Um,
3: I got we'll the feeling up.
5: when I
0: was talking before about what Pep had said that you—I was looking at your face oh, because the oh great yeah, thing about you—you look, yeah. you looked sceptical, didn't you? About that oh, comment yeah.
3: it's the it's the easiest way to to get to to stop questions about it. If you say we're not even signing the striker, it, it it shuts up all questions. I can't ask Guardiola who he's going to buy or how much he's going to spend if he's just told me that we are categorically not signing the striker. I don't believe a single word at um, that at all we are going out for a number nine and we will get one we might even get two we we'll, might get Danny Ings and a, and a proper number nine another number nine I think we might even get two strikers this summer
4: it just scares me though Adam sorry Ian it just scares me the Adam because I think if 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 the lap goes out alone now I can see it going the same way that Lucas Nemecha's gone and and, I, and I'm sorry but I, I, I've i seen Lucas Nemecha have some really good games in the cup he bagged, he bagged the penalty under pressure in one round that got us through we wouldn't have won the cup like that season if he'd not scored the penalty score scored for me um, he took a crunch penalty, and for me, that showed a lot of guts. There's other games that I've seen him in where he was he was dominating experienced centre halves in, in, in some of the games I watched, and I thought, well, he's going to go out on loan again. He's been out on four loan spells. He went to Preston. I don't know, granted, he didn't score any goals, but but he was he was from what I heard from Preston fans and, and from from fans in the EFL that were coming you know in knocking in about Bolton. And I said, have you, have you played against that Namechi yet? He's an Andy lad, you know. It's one of them where you look at it and you just think. You go on one loan spell, it's one of them where then we sign someone, they're having a really good run of form. It comes to the end of the season, you fling him out of loan again. Before you know it, he's been out of loan for three years. He's not been developing within the CFA. He's not been playing around better players. Before you know it, it dwindles out. If we waste a lapsed potential, he will leave us eventually, go on and he will have a cracking career somewhere else and it'll be the same old crap again where we've let someone go that is good enough.
0: I presume that, and uh, let's bring Amy in on this one, um, Tuesday, City, as we, we're recording this on Sunday evening, obviously you could be listening to this on, well, after the games have even been played, for all I know. and But this coming Tuesday, City play Dortmund. We're all going to see, um, you know, Paul's saying he doesn't necessarily watch a lot of other teams. And you, you, Adam, are saying you've not watched the Bundesliga a lot. And I can't profess to be an expert on Haaland. But we're going to see him against City this coming Tuesday and then the following Wednesday. And the way that City's defence has been so well marshalled, the, the few chances that op- opponents have had because of the domination of midfield, um, Do you, are you going to make your judgment on, on Tuesday and the following Wednesday, Amy, or have you already got a view on, on Haaland?
2: Um, um, I mean, I've seen a few. Obviously, my, my dad and my brother will watch two flies with a piece of blue tack if it's like, you know, it's like they'll watch anything. Um, so I have seen a few games that he's been in and I mean, he's not like his dad, his dad was fairly, you know, his dad was quite a quiet person, if I remember rightly, whereas he certainly uh, wasn't a
0: striker, that's for sure. No,
2: and whereas Erling is quite, he's quite aggressive. Um, you know, I've seen it. He's a bit like Ronaldo. If something don't go right, he's throwing his spitting his dummy out of the pram and stuff. Um, so like, I suppose, yeah, you know, we but we but we moan about things like that. But um, I think that, you know, a lot of the times when we've played these teams in the Champions League, City have looked at what their the other teams are like, hence why we ended up with Mendy, why we've ended up with uh, Bernardo Silva. And probably, you know, we'll see what, what Erling's like. And then maybe, you know, but I can't see that we have... But then again, we've done it with Vinny, I suppose. But I just hope that they have not got rid of Sergio for nothing. Like, I really do not hope that we have literally, like, gone, well, do you know what? We're playing all right, so it's fine. I just really hope that we've got rid of him for a reason. I personally wouldn't mind the likes of Harry Kane coming in because... Harry's one of them people, he's going to want trophies and he's not really probably going to get them at Tottenham. So he's going to be lucky, you know. I mean, all right, people can say, well, he's loyal to the club. Yeah, that's fine. But most footballers want trophies. That's what they want. That's what they go into, you know, that's what, that's what it is at the end of the day. And I want to be surprised if one day he's not knocking at City's door. You know, and stuff like that. The same as everyone else has said, Lukaku and everybody. I would like De to come through. It would be nice for him to do. I don't want it to be like how we've got, you know, like they sent Taylor on a on loan and stuff. We need to look into our academy. That this that's what it's for. These were supposed to be our future stars, and eventually, you know, the Gundogan's gonna gonna where uh, thingy. Bernardo Silva's going to go. All the older ones are eventually going to start going, and we should be looking at the next generation to move them up and to be the next stars that you know that people want on the back of the shirts. But we'll see what he's like on Tuesday. But I, I just hope to God that we have not got rid of Sergio for the sake of for nothing. I really do.
0: I'm sure, Paul, you've seen like I have um, people on. I know we talk about social media and sometimes we we have a go at it because it it can be quite venomous on there and uh, and obviously very opinionated, that's what it is. But I've seen quite a lot of people on there really concerned... That City potentially, if we're to believe—I know Adam doesn't believe him—but if we're to believe what Pep says, which is there's going to be no striker sign next season, that Cole Palmer and Liam Delap are going to be promoted to the first team squad, Gabriel Jesus will be the only recognised experienced striker, and that no other striker comes in. A lot of people have been concerned about that. Whilst it's all going really, really well, and obviously we saw another comfortable. A canter victory away at Leicester, uh, you know, with that great through ball. Might as well mention it from um, Kevin De Bruyne through the eye of a needle. But you you get used to him doing that, don't you? We start to take it for granted. But City are cruising past these these opponents at the moment. But when it comes to these crunch games right at the end of of the season, as we're coming to now with the FA Cup semi-final, the League Cup final, the quarters and then potentially semis and a final in the Champions League, can you do it without a striker? That's what all these
5: fans are saying. Hey. Are you with them? Um, you know, you know what? I don't. I mean, too, I'm, I'm going to have to sit on the fence on it, and I hate doing that. It's, it's one of them. Pep's the genius, isn't he? Um, you know, most clubs, most clubs have to have you know two strikers, and one's upset. He's sat on the bench and keep them both happy. Pep's managed to do it without any. You know, he's he's, he's managed to to. Reinvent football, if you like, um, and you know, seventeen points clear um, with no no recognised striker playing in most of the games. Um, can we can we win this Champions League like that? It'd be a bit be an amazing feat if we could, but I'm not convinced we can. I think you've got to have, you know, I would so love. Um, you know, Eddie Jecko to just be uh, you know, put back for this season. Well, we, you know, when Aguero got injured and Eddie Ngeko just to come back in because these these chances where we could have got so many balls in that box that he would have banged in. And, and it's so frustrating because that's not how Pep likes to play football. But I would I'd so loved to have a target man, you know, and an Harry Kane. I mean, personally, I, I don't like Harry Kane. I think he's snide. I don't think he's a, a City player. I just think he's 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 too snide. He's more of a player to go to United. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd like to see a proper striker at City. I'd love to see the lap. You know, maybe I mean I know this. You probably shoot me down, but there's a lot of talk of this Danny Ings, and you know maybe it's not a bad shout. Getting I know I know Adam will probably. I know what Adam's saying, we're man sitting, we should have the best players. But sometimes the, 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 the market is that expensive at the moment, and it's ridiculous money that's being thrown out. And Pep's right, it's it's obscene. It's obscene the amount of money that these players want in such a, a terrible time. So if you can get Oliver Danny Ings for 30 million, he's 28. If you can rotate him with Jesus, Danny Ings, and the lap, you might you, you might have something going for the next couple of years to see it through to 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 bring on the lap and allow the lap to turn into Haaland so you i don't just, know you, you just said life.
0: something paul that i think is is again spot on <laughs> it's it on the head you said in these times we haven't talked about that and people don't talk about it enough um, all Premier League clubs have lost all their income from gate receipts. All of the match day revenue is all gone. Um, the the actual money from TV, I believe, has gone down a little bit. And obviously some of it has been filtered into to other leagues to survive, etc. Now, I know that we have the perception as City fans that the Sheik has got, you know, unlimited access to funds. I think he's invested amazingly in City to get yeah. them to where they, are, where they are now. But I think... Not in a, I don't mean in a horrible way, but I get the feeling that maybe he's drawn up the drawbridge a little bit now and said, look, Mm -hmm. I've now built everything you want. The the platform's there. You've got this squad of 30, 40, 50 million pound players in every position, two for each position. And we're not going to go out and and buy these players anymore, even though there is a, a perception out there that people are. And I also wonder, which is getting to the essence of the point you made indirectly then, Paul, as to whether... It's actually in bad taste in these current in this current situation that if City or anybody was to go out and spend £150 million on a footballer, and I don't want to get political about it, but when we've got NHS staff you know, getting a 1% rise and everything, the world that we're in, I wonder if football is thinking about that. I wonder if that... Because Pep's such a sensitive man. I wonder if that's what he's really getting at when he says you know, we're not going to go out and spend that sort of money. I mean, Adam's still looking a bit sceptical there. and We'll let him in on it in a minute. But I would just wonder whether that might in any way be part of it.
5: What do you think, Paul? I do. And and I think that's what Aguero was getting at. I think it was um, a swipe across the bows at his agent, you know, because he's, in my opinion, he can do me for slander. I just think he's disgusting. He's He's a reptile and, you know, why anybody would want him as their agent. I really, really don't understand it because he's an horrible, horrible person. And I think all of football should get together and not do any deals that he's putting on the table because he's he's he's, he's a creature. you're yeah, entitled so. to have
0: that view, Paul, but, but what I will say is that we don't know him personally and he's an agent who's acting on behalf of a player. who's trying to get the, the best deal for the player. The player can call him off if he wants to and obviously the agent will make a percentage. We know all that. So I think I, I get why you're upset and why, why you've got that strong view, But but on a personal level... You and I don't know this guy, no, but no. he's certainly, certainly
5: energised by trying to get the best deal for his player, isn't he? Yeah, well, I think it's disgusting, and I come back to these times that we're in. You know, if if, if you're a player and you're being paid, you know, you're being touted around and, you know, he's how old is he, Island, 20, 21, something like 21, that? 21 21-year-old player, and they're demanding sort of like three, four £400,000 for him. That's disgusting. I'm sorry, how, how much money do you actually want? You know, let, let, let's have it right. There's people struggling out there and he's he's going touting this around. I mean, City get a bad enough rap anyway that we buy the league and, you know, oil money and all the rest. Of we get loads of that. We don't need to stoke them fires, do we? And I think it'd be a great example to set. And I, I know it sounds a bit, you know, it's football and it's a business game. It'd be a lovely example to set and turn around and say, you know what? No, we're not having it. We're not spending that money. We're not, you know, bowing to your demands. Let someone else have it. You know, you you go off. We'll 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 stick with Danny Ings and and we'll we'll bring the lap up. Ian,
0: before Come before on, on, Adam. Come on, Adam. On, Adam. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go on, Adam. Yeah. Adam Adam's a skeptic. So you've heard what Paul's <laughs> got to say, and I and I've sort of basically I'm on his side in what he's he's saying. Hmm. Do you,
5: so any I did sympathy for
0: that. I disagree on the moral standpoint um, side of it. I just
3: think business is business. And at the end of the day, if we all start not spending our pennies because bad things are happening in the world, then business stops. We stop growing as an economy. We stop growing as an industry. And I think that the best way to get out of this is investment in every sector. um, And that includes football. So although I do understand that those one-off figures can seem huge um, and inflation is an issue in football. I think it can also be a good driving factor as well. Um, and to bring Haaland into this country and to bring more top quality players into this country in a time where the economy does need to be at its best. Um, for example, if you were to bring a Lionel Messi into this country, the, the money that he would bring in would be brilliant and it would be great for, uh, for, the, for the Premier League and great for for the game in the country. So um, I think we we should push ahead and spend as much money as we have. I also think that our club is better placed than any other club in the world right now to deal with the financial crisis. Um, In terms of the deals that we have involved with the CFA, uh, we've got lots of big money deals abroad with billions of pounds in there, and we've put ourselves in a really good position for something like this to happen. Whereas we know Real Madrid and Barcelona have struggled uh, there's a reason why Torres came to us and not to Real Madrid or Barcelona because they were struggling. Um, and although they are going for Haaland, I do think we're in a better financial position to do it. Um, but it's whether we would want to do it or not uh, <coughs> is another thing. But yeah, I just I do I do think we have the money to spend. Um, so yeah, I'm completely skeptical about the whole the whole argument. I don't think there's any sort of Conscious thinking from Pep. Yes, he wants to save refugees and wear a, um, a nice jumper every weekend. But when it comes to money and winning titles, that's his priority. Uh, I think he'll go and spend as much as he needs to do to do that.
4: Ian, on, on Danny Ings, just, just a little part on Danny Ings. Um, there's a problem for me with the way the England team's picked. And the reason why I'm making this point is because it links back to Danny Ings. And it, it's, he's, he's had an England cap. He's had a few England caps. But for me, over the years, the England team hasn't been picked because certain players that have been on form have played for teams that aren't in the top four or aren't in the top six. And I think that players like Danny Ings over the years have been overlooked because they're not playing for the better clubs. If a player like him, who was at Burnley and he was banging in goals for them, moved to Liverpool, got a horrendous amount of injuries, a bit similar to Sergio in the sense of every time he ate form, he got an injury and it knocked him off, off, off kilter. Danny Ings for me is a fox in a box. He's he's like a, a Kevin Phillips and and uh, and a Michael Owen type player rolled into one. He's got a fantastic eye for goal. He's quite good in the air. He's got a lot of power. He, he's a very good player. But I think because he's English and because he's called Ings and he's not got a fancy name and he's not got apostrophes above above the uh, the n in his name and he's not you know a foreign footballer because we've become very 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 attracted to bringing in foreign players over English players. Danny Ings isn't going to be like bringing in a normal English player where where Southampton are going to start demanding, you know, inflated fees for him because he is 28. And the other thing on that, people forget that Fernandinho was 28 when we brought him to the club. And I remember I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but Facebook went absolutely mad. I was in a Facebook group. What are we bringing him in for? He's 28 year old. He's past it. Do you think Fernandinho's passed it now? Because he looks like he's still 28 now. He looks like he's 24 now. So for me, age is just a number in football, uh, 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 you know, dependent on the player. Because for me, the, money, the money's worth, I mean, what did we pay for Fernandinho? 30, 33 million, I think it was, was in total. 30 million at the start, 3 million in add-ons. 33 million pounds. And we're now going to go out and blast four times that on Erling Haaland without any guarantee, by the way, that he would take to the Premier League like a duck to water. Let's not forget that Timo Werner was banging goal after goal in in the Bundesliga. And he's come over here this year and he's finding it very difficult against some very physical centre-halves. And I know Haaland's a big boy, but with that temper, a couple of red cards, knock him off, bans for three games, then he has to come back after the red cards, find his feet again. You know, you only need a couple of bad weeks to knock you off, and then you're you six or seven or eight or nine, nine goals behind in the in the in the top scoring. Then your confidence levels drop, which happened to Lukaku under Mourinho, and that's the reason why he gets ribbed a lot because he he was poor at United, and that was mainly down to Mourinho's management of him, deploying him in the wrong position. I'd have I'd have Lukaku over Haaland. I really would, because if, if Lukaku was still at Everton, there'd be a lot more City fans saying they'd want him, because he went to United. They don't want him. Tevez went to United from West Ham. We took him on. We didn't, maybe we were a bit skeptical at first, but we warmed to him. He became a cult hero. Then he went golfing for six months and then he were hated a bit. And then he came back and he was pivotal. Everyone talks about Sergio in the 11 12 season. Tevez played a huge part at Norwich. He played a huge part in the the back end of that season. And, you know, he played a huge part in that game against QPR, believe it or not, because I think we finished the game with four strikers. And we, 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 he helped put the pressure on QPR that day, which obviously aided us getting them corners, getting the corner that David Silver knocked onto Dzeko's head. And then obviously we were in the ascendancy and won the game. So the fact that Lukaku's been at United, I think we've got to start getting over the fact that players have played at clubs that we maybe don't like. Danny Ings has played at Liverpool, but I'll take him tomorrow because he's a finisher. It's just the, the thing that Adam would probably say if he was to have a point on this would be, we've just got rid of Sergio and he's been injury prone. Why would we bring another injury-prone player in? It, it, it's a tricky one, but for me, I'd rather go out and spend thirty million on Ings or sixty-five million on Lukaku, maybe seventy, than pay hundred and thirty for for Haaland. Because for me, I, I'm a bit skeptical on whether he actually genuinely would come over here and, and not not do what Werner's done.
0: I'll tell you what, this has been one of the most enjoyable debates we've had for ages. Um, <laughs> Adam and Paul have given us really good. Um, polarized views and representing a lot of fans and the great views and I I agree with bits that both of you have said Um, Harlan and Amy you've added to this debate richly as well so thank you to all four of you for, for, for doing this I mean normally in the podcast we talk quite a lot about the last game or whatever and obviously it was relatively straightforward against Leicester and that's not diminishing what happened in that game? It was, it was um, you know, quite a slowish game, I thought, but a very controlled game and almost a perfect game. What I'm going to finish this podcast on, as well as thanking you all, because you've all been fantastic guests, which I'm really appreciative of, um, but also it, it is, is what's coming up now, which is Tuesday night It's Dortmund. The following Wednesday, it's the second leg. Now, me personally, I'm looking at these games and thinking, yeah, I expect City to beat Dortmund over two legs. I mean, the German side lost 2-1 at home to Frankfurt over the weekend. Now, I know that you could argue they might have had the minds on this game and they'll lift the game for the City match, but I don't really expect that to be too much of a problem. But then there's the FA Cup semi-final on the horizon. There's the League Cup final on, on the horizon. Um, whilst it's been relatively straightforward in the league my final question to you all really is are you confident relaxed that city will show their best now if they have to step up a little bit you know will will that step up from from the the comfortable victories that they've been having in the premier league to the slightly higher intensities what i'm expecting in all these big cup matches to come um uh, let, let's start with Amy because we've not heard from Amy for a little bit. So, so what, what's your feeling going going into these games? Are you bubbling with confidence? And because I I think City are gonna even as well as the playing, I gonna, might have to just step up a little bit in these cup
2: ties. I mean, as when the first time I ever spoke to you, I spoke about my superstition. I am never never chilled till where a few goals up and the final whistle goes. Um, the derby the other week i just had that horrible feeling that they were going to take our our uh, finger away i just had that horrible gut feeling and until the end of the match comes and we're about we're about 4-0 up or whatever and the final whistle goes that is when i can say yeah all right we've we've finger because as we all know from back in the day it's always typical city And i just you Know until like both games are done and there's a, a nice, shiny, silvery trophy at the end of it. Um, I don't want to even think about it, so I'm like, pet me, I take each game as it comes, and when we're, when we're a few goes up and the final whistle goes, then I'm happy about it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Let's get relatively short answers because we've we've talked a lot about various different things, but. Uh, today, which, as I say, I'm very appreciative of, um, Harlan. Uh, what's your yeah.
4: feeling? Yeah, I think we should be fine. I, <clears throat> I said on the podcast the other week. We obviously we said, didn't we, that I would have I would have been happy with Munich, Dortmund, anyone really. Uh, you have got to play everybody. I, I, I'm more positive that we play Munich over two legs if we get through this than than, than in a final because I think we'd have we'd have a better chance playing for what. For me, I mean, I think we're the best team in the world at the moment, but Munich for me are. Such a very very strong outfit, and over two legs we beat them. So I feel pretty confident. And the other thing as well, just to touch on this before one of one of the others says the point. Um, we when we signed Mendy, we signed him from Monaco because he proved himself against the Premier League outfit. He proved himself against us, who for me were on our way to being the best in the league at the time in sixteen seventeen. Um, and you know we were looking at a few other players. Bernardo Silva ran rings around us that night. We still managed to win 5-3, but Bernardo Silva was by far the best player on the football pitch. And then we went out and signed him. Um, This is the test for Haaland to see if he can, for me, perform against the best back four in the league. Um, He's not going to face any better defence next season if he comes to us than ours. So this is the biggest test for him. And if, if our defenders can swallow him up and put him under real pressure and cause him a lot of problems in this tie... Then we'll have a better chance of winning it. And also what we'll have done by default there is worked out whether he would really be the real deal. So it's almost like we're playing Haaland, we've got to win the game. By 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 stopping him from playing, we win the game easier. And we also do our homework at the same time. So I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us to to kill two birds with one stone and get ourselves through to our second Champions League semi final in the last six years.
3: Adam. Um, Yeah, in short, I do think we uh, do need to step up over the next few games to win as many trophies as we'd like to. Um, But I do think we're in the best position possible to step up to do that. You know, we've got a full squad. Everyone's playing really, really well. People are on form. Um, So I think if we were ever to possibly win a quadruple, this is our best opportunity to do it. I don't think we will do it. I think we'll fall short by some strange error. It might be a penalty in the first minute, like the Derby. Um, but uh, we're definitely in the best position
0: to do it. And by the night, next time we see Adam on a podcast, I mean, I know if you're listening to this, you won't be able to appreciate this, but he'll look probably a bit le- less like David Louise because um, obviously <laughs> haircuts are allowed in another week. That won't be a problem for Paul, though. So um, we'll leave the last word to you, Paul.
5: <laughs> it will be, because when he cuts it off, I'm having it grafted on. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so how
0: are you um, feeling now into these cup ties?
5: I think um, recently we've been playing well within ourselves. I think we've got, you know, I don't think we've got our second gear, to be honest with you. The, the, the one thing that I will say we've vastly improved on and I think this may be because of because the Diaz has come into the, the setup. We've we've game management is miles better. You know, we've we're not doing stupid stuff anymore. Um, you know, we've seem to have cut that out and we we can hold the ball up and pass the ball around and we've got that slow, slow, quick, quick, slow tempo back as well. We can we can we can speed the game up if we need to and get them on the, the counter-attack. So I think we're in the best best condition we we could possibly be for all what's ahead we we've got another two or three games to go up to and i think I, I think we can do it
0: well on that positive note which is great to hear from Paul. Um, I think he's learned from Harlan, you know, um, but, but a very positive way to end the podcast. Thanks very much to the, to the four of you, to Amy, to Adam, to Harlan, that is Harlan rather than Harland, which is what we've been talking about a lot tonight, and to Paul, of course. Um, Thanks very much for you for listening to obviously to CharlesLouis.co.uk for being the the sponsor of the podcast, which we're very, very grateful for. Uh, Have a look at the website if you're thinking of buying and selling a house and you need some advice and there'll be a phone number on there and I'm sure they will absolutely be delighted to help you. In the meantime, have a good week. We'll regroup again after the, the Dortmund game and promise that next week uh, former city hero Danny Teato is going to join me and my guests uh, from Australia. Um, so um, we'll see how that goes. So Danny was a very popular player uh, back in the day. Looking forward to speaking to him, uh, saying good day to him. Um, but in the meantime, have a really good week. Uh, Dortmund and then, of course, Leeds uh, next weekend. We'll have played two more games by the time we next uh, get back together. So have a good week. And remember, it's always great to be a blue. <coughs>